All right, well, good morning again. Will you do me a favor? Put your hands together for those visiting for the first time just right now. I want to welcome them. We love having you. If you're catching our service online for the first time, welcome. You look good, all right? I'm saying that by faith, but I believe it, all right? And I do want to say what a joy it is. I want to give some honor where honor is due. The last two Sundays, I've been able to catch my breath. One of the Sundays, I was out of town, and um, I was listening, and I'm glad I listened and leaned in, because what powerful messages, what anointed truths were shared with us the last two Sundays. Can you just let them hear your roar today? Josh and Graham, what incredible messages they brought. You let them feel the love. They, uh, their messages are still up, still available to listen. You know, I had to do a little, little ego check today. So, uh, not today, just kidding. It was midweek, so I'm good. All right. And, and, and um, we, have, we, we make our messages available to listen online, right? Some of you found, found us through an online service or, uh, you know, checking out the whole service. But others of you, maybe somebody shared a podcast or something. So, you know, as pastors, you know, we, we, we're born with small egos, you may not know that, um, but um, so it's typically nothing we, we ever have to worry about. I, I'll say that tongue-in-cheek, but I was, I was teasing my father. I said, Dad, you're famous. I said, your message last week, you have over five times as many listens than my average message. And so uh, I said, that is your Father's Day gift, all right? <laughs> you, you are heard. You are heard. Finally, he's heard. No, <laughs> <laughs> Not to mention Josh's listens as well, but um, I'm, I'm sincerely uh, grateful for their voice and their word, and, and more than anything for their life, and uh, the 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 friendship they the friends they are to me, and uh, in one case the father uh, my dad is to me. But uh, just grateful, you know. So often we can get caught on a gift and lose sight of the person. And they're just incredible people. So I'm excited about God's story, what he's writing in their life. Also, I won't continue on this much longer, but if you do want to listen to those, they're available online. And it'll bring you up to speed as we are uh, journeying through a series called Ordinary People, Extraordinary God. Ordinary People, Extraordinary God. And today, significantly on Father's Day, I'm going to take a moment and talk to you about our God-given identity. Our God-given identity. And we're going to look in particular at the story of Gideon, certainly the first half of the story of a man named Gideon. And again, that's found in Judges chapter 6. But I want to think about that word identity. It's something that you and I take for granted on a daily basis. Um, you know, many of you, uh, especially on Father's Day, let me highlight the fathers. Many of you, you're not only a father, right? That is joyful enough, but you also are a hard worker, right? Some of you own a business. Some of you are leading in a business. You carry that stress. Some of you are, you know, you feel like you're owned by your boss. Okay, somebody. So you're carrying that stress. You're carrying the weight of life, the responsibilities of life. In some cases, the difficulties of life, but you're a brother, you're a son, you have multiple, if you will, hats that you're having to wear. Today I want to talk about the most important hat, not just for fathers, but any of us can ever wear, and that is the hat of our God-given identity. 
Many people live unaware of their God-given identity. As I was thinking about this message, yesterday I, I spent much time on the road picking up our daughter um, from visiting with uh, some of our family in Alabama. And um, as I was driving back, I got to thinking, I don't know how or why I thought in this direction, but I'm glad I did. I thought about what you and I have, and it's called a resting heart rate. You familiar with that? A resting heart rate, all right? That basically your average adult is anywhere between 60 and 100. It's just called a resting heart rate. Um, kind of some of your super athletes or very um, well-trained professional athletes, they're known to get their resting heart rate all the way down actually to 40. And um, I began to think about not only for our heartbeat, but I began to think about our resting identity. That, you know, our heart rate is something that we may take for granted every day. But you and I have a resting identity. Every day we're waking up, some of us very intentionally, others just a little intentionally. <laughs> but each of us has a resting identity. For, for some of us, we're wearing a label that was given to us a decade ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. For some of us, it may not be a label that was given to us, but it's an experience that we've never been able to move beyond or move past. As we're about to see in the story of Gideon, Gideon was well aware of what he thought was his identity. He knew who he was. And he lived with this label, and it was actually, here's the big point, it was leading the direction of his life. Your identity right now where you are is leading the direction of your life. We know this, right, in practical, practical terms, right? Our driver's license gives us some access in life, right? may not give us much access, but it does give us some access. For those of you, you've got a key card. When you go into work, you've got to scan it. You know, you've got to walk through some things, make sure you're safe. What is that? That's an identity that gives you access. If I follow you without that identity... I don't get that access, somebody, right? Here's the beautiful thing. You've been given tremendous access to God. You've been given tremendous access to his word. You perhaps have been seated in this very place and heard of miracle stories, transformation, provision, healing, life-giving opportunities. Here's what's amazing. We get to see through the lens of others, but God's beckoning us. He's drawing us in to know our identity so we may experience those same life-giving circumstances and situations. So I want to I unpack. We're going to be led here by Judges chapter 6, the story of Gideon. Now verse 11, 1 through 11 lays the groundwork of the story of Gideon. The Judges, it's an Old Testament book, and here's the simplicity of this, not only this story, but the stories found in Judges. What would happen is Israel, God's beloved people, would turn their back on God. God, in his loving kindness, he gave them over to their heart's desires. Sometimes, especially in our day and age, people interpret it as God was vengeful because of their sin. No, God was actually very gracious, very generous. He loves you enough to let you choose some things. 
And in fact, in uh, Judges chapter 6, it said in verse 10, I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not worship. Here it is, the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. What were they doing? They weren't listening to God. They were following idols. They wanted to worship their own idols. They wanted to follow their own things. And much like you and I, right, when we turn our back on God's ways, we kind of get what we had coming to us. God's not malicious or vengeful or mad. No, in his generosity, in his loving kindness, he gives us over to what our hearts wanted. Thank goodness for the mercy of God. Amen? That turns our hearts away from that direction and into his direction. So Israel is being judged, if you will, <clears throat> because of their misdirection and turning their heart on God. And God would raise up people. He would raise up leaders and, um, and put his anointing on them to help bring Israel home, to help bring Israel back, to help bring Israel back to where they belonged. Judges 6 is a story of one of the judges, Gideon. Here's what's ironic about Gideon. Gideon didn't know what was coming. <laughs> Gideon had no idea that in one moment his life would change forever. He was visited by the angel of the Lord. In verse 11 it says this, The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Oprah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I love Gideon's response. But sir, um, um, if the Lord's with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? You know, it's typical God. Get back with him. Hey, God, here's my disappointment. Here's my missed expectations. I love you. But go in the strength you have. And do what I've called you to do. <laughs> the Lord answered, I'll be with you. Gideon then says, hey, but, but Lord, how can I save Israel? Last time I checked in the mirror. Last time I pulled out my license. Last time I looked at my credentials. My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. And I, to add insult to injury, am the least in my family. The Lord answered. I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites together. And we'll get to verse 7 in a few minutes. God comes to us from the heavenly realm. He approaches us in the natural realm. And on good days when we have ears to hear, He whispers, to our soul, you are my beloved. You are a mighty warrior. You 
are a mighty, mighty man of valor. You have a good future. You are not the underneath, but you are above. I've not forsaken you. I've not abandoned you. The angel of the Lord came to Gideon. He came to Gideon, and Gideon was the least of the least. He was the least likely, right? If we were running some statistics, if, if Gideon had handed in his resume, right, he would be over here while they're looking at mighty warriors. Gideon would not have been on the scene. Listen, we passed over something you may not realize. Gideon is threshing wheat, not in a field, y'all, in a wine press, answer you a very difficult question. Do you know what happens in a wine press? Wine is made, not wheat. Here's Gideon doing something they do in the open field as they're threshing wheat. He is so overcome by fear, so overwhelmed by insecurity, so far has neglected his calling, his purpose, and his God-given identity, and he's taken on the mantle of shame, of fear, of anxiety, to the extent that he is in just a bubble. The wine press, this, this circular, if you will, <laughs> room set apart, and here he is, he's, he's, he's kind of on the side, having to do it, sneaky, kind of shy, not shy, but, but where no one else, in the secret, no one else can see it. Because of fear, because the Midianites, if they saw him threshing wheat, they would ride in, overtake him, perhaps kill him. So here he is, clothed in fear, clothed in distance from God, clothed in missed expectation, clothed in a broken past. And God comes to him and says, Gideon, mighty warrior, that's what heaven does to you and me. It finds us in the weakness It finds us in the broken places. For some of us, it meets us in the midst of our fear, meets us in the midst of all the labels that everybody else has given us day in and day out to the point that we begin living from that false identity. God comes along and says, you're my beloved. I've got a future for you. I've got a plan for you. I've I've not forsaken you. I've not abandoned you. Don't believe the lies. Don't believe the whispers. Here is your true identity. You are a beloved child of the living God. It's a beautiful picture of what God does for us. That that God comes along to Gideon and He says, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I love... That not only is his identity just kind of sitting in and of itself and it's just a small little label, but his given identity always has a purpose. Can I tell you, sometimes when we feel the most lost, when we feel the most confused, can I tell you the temptation is to reach for something to do? I gotta find my purpose, gotta find my calling. Yes, you do. But don't go seeking that. Seek deeper into the presence of God, into God's word, so that you know who he says you are. When you step into your identity as a son or a daughter of the living God, everything else comes into view. But when we try to make everything else come into view and never deal with the identity issue, 
We can last for a couple months, and then we fall off the wagon. We can sometimes string six months, a year together, and then we fall off the wagon. Jesus, you know what Jesus' ministry was? He was tapping Israel everywhere he went on the shoulder, reminding them of their true identity, beloved of God. Now Gideon receives this news not quite the way we had uh, have hoped he did. He had three obstacles. Just so happens I'm going to share those three obstacles with you. Not 33, three obstacles with you. I think you and I, whether we consciously or subconsciously, we, we, we often find a wrestling match for our identity. Many times what we're trying to break through, what we're trying to walk into, requires that we leave Egypt behind. But how many of you know when you're in the wilderness, sometimes you realize Egypt's still in you. you got to be set free from that old Egypt identity as you step into your promised land. And God's calling us up. He's calling you up. He wants you to know you're created on purpose. He's got a destiny. He's got a plan. He's got a future for you. You may feel like, man, I just, I'm just i coming out of a wasted season. Man, I'm just kind of my whole history, I've just wasted. I'm, I'll never amount to anything. God comes to you. He comes to you today, and he says, no, 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 no. Don't buy that lie. Step into who I've called you to be. I'm not done with you yet. And Gideon, there were a couple obstacles he faced. The first is disappointment and missed expectations. Disappointment and missed expectations. Gideon, mighty warrior. Verse 13, but sir, if the Lord's with us, why has all this happened? Where are all his wonders? Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us in the hand of Midian. Let me just say something. Disappointment and misexpectations skew your perspective on the heart of your heavenly father towards you. Nothing shatters identity like a good old-fashioned disappointment, somebody, to which we all said. Because we all been there, baby. We all know what disappointment looks like. Especially sometimes disappointment from God. Well, God, God have you called me? God, if you spoke this out, God, why would you let my heart dream like that? You're just malevolent, whatever that means. You're just <laughs> upset. Listen, disappointment and missed expectations is one of the greatest tactics of the enemy over your soul and over your life. He does not want you. He does not want you. Let me say it loud and clear. He does not want you with a rested heart rate knowing you are beloved of God. So he will use people. He will use circumstances. He will use disappointment. And he's got the trigger points. And it's like the flaming arrows. What are they trying to do? They're trying to discourage you. And he will magnify missed expectations to such a point that you can't even see God. Gideon, visited by an angel. I would like to think if a visiting angel came to knock on my door, I would either think, wow, I'm a lot older than I realized. Or two, God's got a message for me. 
the angel of the Lord, he comes to Gideon. And he says, man, though I've called you, you're a mighty warrior. My wife shared something. My, my pastor in Florida, he shared in one of they do a daily prayer on, on social media every, every day. Er day. Don't miss a day. Every day. She listened to one, and I thought it was such an uh, appropriate point. He shared a daily devotional, and here's the one-liner. Those who complain remain. Ouch. Those who complain remain. Gideon could have remained in the moment where he did not know his identity. He could have pushed it aside, walked away. He could have stayed on the complain train and just kept, man, God abandoned us. It's never going to happen. Why is this happening? I want to be like, Gideon, have you read verses 1 through 11 of chapter 6? You guys chased idols. That's what you experienced. And so one of the greatest obstacles you and I have to overcome is disappointment and missed expectations. God comes to you. He calls you out. He sets you apart. He says, man, you, you, you're not this old person. You're not this old way of living. You're not this old identity. Let me call you up. Let me lead you forward. And what can happen, though, is our heart has trouble hearing because of the disappointment, because of the missed expectations. Like God's been whispering to my heart, hope again. Dream again. Don't let past hurts. Don't let past disappointments. Don't let, let past labels in your life identify you. Know this, that despite the disappointment, despite the difficulty, we will move forward into all that God has for us. Sometimes I have to draw a line in the sand and say, man, I'm just not going to go there. I'm going to choose to not look at what God hasn't done for me yet, to not look at the, the, the signs that, that things aren't exactly the way I want it, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back to my journal. I'm going to go back to my prayer closet. I'm going to go back to my Facebook memories and look at the good days, baby, and I'm just going to feed my faith, feed my faith, feed my faith so I can step in to all that God has for me. Second obstacle he had to overcome, and this is one that I think many fathers uh, will, will identify with. We, we have an, an, to overcome the obstacle. This isn't my most eloquent statement, but an overwhelming scope of God-given identity. Sometimes it's a little shocking, the God-given identity, right? Depending on your past, depending on, you know, your life cycles, God comes to you, right? And his word says he takes ashes and makes them beautiful. He takes broken places and restores and brings healing and brings life. And sometimes we just got to be honest, it's a little overwhelming. It's almost like too good. Like, mm, I can only have a spoon because that's too good to eat the whole thing. I mean, are you overwhelmed when I say that you are called to live as a child of the living God? Are you too overwhelmed? Are you overwhelmed? Is your identity threatened when I call you holy, set apart? 
priest, you overwhelmed. Does your sin speak louder than the love, the faithfulness of God? Are, are you overwhelmed to be called pure, spotless, made new through the shed blood of Jesus? Are you overwhelmed to be called forgiven? Gideon had a wrestle because his God given identity required that he threw off his old identity. God comes to Gideon and he says, you are a mighty warrior. Let me tell you something about God's voice over your life. When it comes to identity, he is always way too soon. Way too soon. Way too soon. Have you heard about David Wilkerson in New York City reaching to like murderers? God calls you the beloved. How many of you know? Y'all, that's crazy. Like you just don't, you just don't do that. You don't walk up to drug dealers. You know, man, I was just thinking God loves you. He's got a plan for your life. Like I know you got a lot of childhood hurt, but this isn't you. God calls you son of the living God. <laughs> uh, what? Just trying to do a deal, bro. Get off the street. <laughs> Am I right? God, hey, hey, let's step on some toes. Let's have some fun. God comes to you in the porn addiction. You're right, a little too far. Okay, let's try, let's, can we, let's go somewhere else. He comes to you there. He comes to you there. He calls you holy. He calls you pure. He calls you forgiven. He calls you free. God comes to you after, during the divorce. He calls you beloved. He calls you healed. He said, I'm so proud of you. I know things didn't always go the way you planned or your journey hasn't been what you expected, but if you'll let me, I'll share some truths with you. That's how God works. He is always way, way too early. Way too soon. Like, like Chick-fil-A drive-thru, right? It's refreshing. <laughs> it's like, you know what? I'm so bored with Chick-fil-A, but I keep going back. Because they're so fast. That's what it's like. It's like, you know, you pull up and it's like, hey, spicy chicken with fries, Polynesian sauce. Okay, we got you covered. Half and half tea? Yeah, you don't even have to order. They know what you want. God knows what you need to hear. It's how, it's, how he, it's how he works. Listen, I've known people, man. I've known people that come to church. They sit. They love it. They give their heart to Christ. Then Monday happens. They're like, who? Oh, oh, I'm not sure I'm ready for that identity. I'm not sure I'm ready. I want to encourage you. Get ready. Now's a great time to be ready. Just step into it. Step into it. You're going to fall. You're going to trip up. You're going to make some mistakes. That's cool. Just keep the loudspeakers really close. You are a child of God, friend of God, beloved of God. I'm not my addiction. I'm not my addiction. I'm not my addiction. I am set free. The blood of Jesus covers. The blood of Jesus covers. My future is good. My future is good. My future is good. My future is good. You have to do that. I mean, it would be great, right, if CNN or Fox got up and said, hey, it's your morning reminder. We're going to spend the next 30 minutes sharing nothing but good with you. 
be bankrupt. <laughs> Some of y'all would make them bankrupt in a day. No, I'm kidding. But, but you have to listen. You know this. I say this often. What you dwell on, you dwell in. Gideon, I'm the weakest. I'm the weakest. My clan is the weakest. And I am the least. My clan is the weakest. I am the least. That's what the enemy whispered to me in 93. You're an immigrant. You're an immigrant. You're an immigrant. You don't fit in. You won't fit in. You'll never measure up. You'll never make it. Don't dream. Limit your thinking. Accept second, third, fourth, fifth rate. You're an immigrant. This is your lot in life. So the enemy in my soul whispered to me. I didn't send people. He sent moments. He knew where I was vulnerable. He knew. He doesn't, he doesn't wait. If you haven't realized yet, the enemy of your soul isn't waiting until you're older than 22. No, he's getting you when you're three, four, or five. But God sends people across your path. This message may be coming across your path at just the right time. You are the beloved of God. You will win. You will succeed. You do have a good future. Your, your child, your grandchildren, they will know the goodness of God. Fear is not your portion. So a couple weeks ago, I knew I was going to be preparing this message, and um, I confirmed something to my wife. I can be a slow learner. This is the only time you'll ever hear me say that, so enjoy it. Relish the moment. Soak it in. About seven or eight years ago, God really, really started just rewiring my thinking, rewiring my heart, kind of realigning my spiritual foundation. I was saved. I was loved God. Good news is I was in ministry. It was all good, right? But God began rewiring my heart and my identity as a beloved son of God. And only a couple weeks ago did the light bulb go off. So five, uh, well, now, now, goodness, seven years ago, um, a pastor from Gateway Church in, in Dallas, Texas with Robert Morris. Well, this, this pastor had come out to just do a little staff thing at our church in Florida. And um, in one of the breakout sessions, it was just the prayer slash prophetic time. So uh, what that means is he would just hear from God. We'd all pray and he would just sense to say anything to us that we needed to hear. Of course, everybody's as smooth and awesome and going great. And then he comes to me, else I wouldn't be telling the story. And he comes to me and he says, uh, you, now with you, it's a little different. I'm thinking, oh, great. I got to go to the bathroom, you know, and I'll walk out. He said, he said, I want you to say, I am a mighty man of valor. I was thinking, that's ridiculous. Got a little British in me, baby, so I am a mighty man of valor. You know, just, it's like, no, that's not what I meant. And he said, I want you to scream it at the, the, the top of your lungs, which I'm not going to do. You're welcome. <laughs> but I did in that moment. 
What was great is one of the other campus pastors videotaped it, so it was stuck with me forever. (laughs) But here's what I want to say about identity. He couldn't realize it for me. I had to step into it. I can tell you all day you're free. I can tell you all day you're God's beloved. What you going to do about it? How are you going to do how are you going to step into that? Do you care enough to get in God's presence to let that reality drown out all the other identities? I'll continue my story. So that was great. Then he had Kelly pray for me. Now that really was great. And moved on. We actually came up here. So what a timely prophetic word. We came up here, launched the church. Everything's great. And I'm talking with somebody and they're like, hey, you ought to just make up like a bucket list for life. And, you know, just pretend like it doesn't matter. Again, drawing me into just dreaming, believing, yeah, you know, God is that good. I'm a son of God. And One of the top things, I won't share all of them, but one of the top things was I'd love to go to Israel. Love to go on a trip to Israel. And uh, some of you, you don't want to go to Israel. I get that. Me, pastor, got to go to Israel. Just love it. So I get this call one November on our way for a Thanksgiving trip. I get five minutes to decide. Hey, there was a pastor contact. He says, all expenses paid. You in? And I'm like, I am in. But Kelly and our girls were in the car with me. So I said, can I have a minute? Just a minute. I want to stay married through Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> you know, I don't want to. So, so we talked. We didn't have all the details. We're just like, we're in. So, okay. So fast forward. I'm on the trip to Israel. And it is, it is great. We're having a good time. We're seeing all the sights. So one of these guys is lining up devotionals. He's lining up these little devos for, you to, for some of the pastors to do at some of the different spots. And um, I'm overtired. I'm sick, so this, this is explaining. Here's me giving an excuse for why it did not dawn on me until three weeks ago. Yours truly got to do the devotional at the Israel State Site. It's a historical state site. It's the river where Gideon had to separate the army. Yeah, powerful, right? I just thank God that I got it, because then I didn't get it. I got it like three weeks ago. I mean, like, slow learner, all right? Some of you, some of you husbands, you just need to know, it's okay to be part of Hillside and be a slow learner. (laughs) But I look back at the tenderness and the intentionality of our Heavenly Father, that He would line up these little moments. Because my prayer for this message is less information more transformation. Because the information from the story of Gideon is a great story. We want to overcome some obstacles. But your life will change. Your life will change if you know how good God is. Your life will change if, if you know that he's been whispering to you. Parts of your identity. Parts of your identity, truth of who you are. You're beloved. You're the son of God. You can be. Some of you may just need to hear, you can be saved. Some of you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little crazy, crazy on you. Just allow me to hear this. You can be an active, consistent 
church member. You can. You have what it takes. You are the ideal candidate for God. You are his best thought, his first thought. This can be your year that you begin to receive and walk in all the promises God has for you. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just putting it out there. Gideon, overwhelming scope of his identity, disappointment, missed expectations. His final thought is he had overcome doubt. It had been a while. It had been a while since he had seen God do and work and move in his life. Do you know what's beautiful about the Holy Spirit? What's beautiful about our God? He's not intimidated by your doubt. He's not overwhelmed by your fear. He's not overwhelmed by your doubt, your mistakes. In verse 17, <laughs> Gideon replied, If now I've found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that is really you talking to me. God, if it's you, if, if God, hey, hey, God, if that pastor heard from you, give me a sign. Do it. You're welcome. Ask God for a sign. God, listen, if I'm going to give up all of my old identity, give me a sign. Speak to me. Send somebody across my path. I love it. It happens more than you would probably ever realize. God, if this is my church, give me a sign. They leave the parking lot. They look to their left. They see you belong here. Thanks, God. I mean, that, <laughs> that happens almost every membership meal. <laughs> like, I, I kid you not. I kid you not. You have no idea how many times we think of taking that sign down, reworking it. Every membership meal. Yeah, you're, you belong here. I knew it. You know? But I mean that. I mean that, God, if, if I found favor, if the, <clears throat> if the whispers are true that, that you've told me I don't have to live with an immigrant, less than, poverty, broken mindset. Give me a sign. Give me a sign. Can I tell you, God's doing that in your life. He's doing that in your life. He's doing that in your life. He's doing that and will continue to do that in your life. God, give me a sign. God, if, if, if I'm coming out of the most destructive divorce, if I've been called words I never thought were were humanly possible, if I've been confused in all of my communication, if they hate my guts and I feel like ending it all, could you give me a sign? Could you, could you send somebody across my path? Could you, could, you, could you get that crazy person to invite me to church on Father's Day? God loves us so, so much. He loves you so, so much. He wants to pour out his identity in and over 
our lives. My prayer, my hope is that this would be your year. You throw caution to the wind. <laughs> like Cortez told the sailors, burn the ships, baby. Burn the ships. To which of all, <laughs> to which of us <laughs> control freak sailors were like, I didn't hear that. I didn't hear that. So burn the ships. What did that mean? I mean, there's no going Can I tell you, I believe that's God's word over your life. There's no going back. God's got good ahead of you. God's got a good future. Jeremiah 29, 11, man, he has your best days ahead. We serve a good God. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for hearing. Thank you for being a people passionate about God. <laughs> Lord, we just say we're grateful. Thank you for your mercy. Um, so grateful for you, Holy Spirit. And um, God, we, we want to be a church that doesn't just get religion right. God, this region doesn't need us to just get religion right. Doesn't need us to just get the music right. God, it doesn't need us just to get the lights right. We want to get you right, God. We want all that you have for us, God. So Holy Spirit, I just invite you right now with every heart present that you, Holy Spirit, would release God-given identity over people. Father, some are breaking under the weight of a lie. Some were abandoned, forsaken, told they will never amount to anything. God, others have been told just to settle where they are and not to dream or push into all that you have for them. Others, God, they could barely be here in this moment because of the disappointment. Father, I thank you that in one moment you can do far more than a 30, 40 minute message. And I pray, God, that your truth would rest on people's hearts today that we would hear you call us beloved. We would hear you call us free. We would hear you call us holy, set apart with a purpose, on purpose, forgiven. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. Just wanna give you a moment. Not gonna call you out, not gonna put you on the spot. But if you know God's been knocking on the door of your heart, I want to give you a chance just to return home to the loving God who created you, brought you forth into existence. You can say this out loud or you can just say this in the comfort of the seat with your eyes closed and in silence. But say this with me, God, I need you. Save me.
forgive my past. Forgive my sin. Cleanse me by the blood of Jesus. Thank you that I'm born again. That I'm made new. I may be wearing the same clothes. But you've clothed me in righteousness. You call me daughter. You call me son. Thank you for the mercy of heaven, God. In Jesus' name. Amen.